commence primary ignition. This is Star Wars. Look out! You may fire when ready. From the bright center of the galaxy, I'm Greg Scumdack, and you're listening to Core World News, your holiday news show of in-depth coverage for the latest stories from around the galaxy. Now, for your news second rundown for April 23rd, 2021, Kyber Crystal Comics Corner. But first, this news. All right. Uh, thank you very much, Grex. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in for another edition of Core World News. Um, we're excited to get at you this week uh, with some news and some comics. And uh, that's going to be it. Uh, first, coming up in the news, we talked about this last week. We talked about it the week before. Uh, lots of Knights of the Old Republic rumors. They were just rumors last week. They are just rumors the week before. Uh, but it was confirmed this week that actually there is as Espear is the uh, platform that's going to be putting out um, this uh, a remake of the Knights of the Real of the Old Republic, and it appears it's going to be a bit of a mashup of the two editions of the game with some original content. Um, and we're seeing now that they might be making huge gameplay cha- uh, changes. So it could be more of an RPG now than um, sort of what it was uh, before. How uh, have you seen this rumor? What, do you, what are you hearing it for the first time? What What are you two thinking? I'm very excited for yeah. the potential of of this rumor. Uh, yeah, I would love that that franchise in particular to take a turn towards being more of a kind of RPG tabletop D and D like experience, like a, like a Baldur's gate from Bioware or something like that, where it's, it's just more options uh, in a turn-based gameplay uh, environment where you can, you know, do, do far more things than you, you could in the original games. But I, and it also sounds like they're, they're essentially making the game again, with a, a graphical over, overhaul, I imagine. I imagine everything will look better, right? It will yeah, look, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to better graphics. Yeah, the graphical yeah. overhaul will be huge. Um, I would play the I would play the original game without any changes if they're if they had done if they you know created it in a new engine altogether, built it from scratch all over again. Um, in terms of the art and the assets and things like that, uh, that I, I would play the original game again. So. Yeah, very excited for this news. Yeah, same here. I mean, I uh, we've talked about it so many times. I, I love the original game. Super excited to play it on a next generation platform. Um, I hope that this is maybe just a way to reintroduce fans to this universe before creating a whole new experience. If that makes sense, like part of me is yeah. a little nervous that they're spending so much time and energy on remaking the first two. When I'm like, just, just, just make a new game partly but it sounds like they're kind of halfway between using the old stuff and making a new game so don't get me wrong i'm gonna be very excited when it comes out yeah i mean i feel like this game is maybe targeted more towards bringing in people like me as well as sort mm-hmm. of wrapping their arms around your generation as well you two are hardcores you played this when this came out i found it later on and sort of just casually and my you know platform couldn't even handle it so um, never got really through it, but um, you know, it, it, they're they're refreshing it, right? Yep. They're going to make it a, a new adventure, um, but it's going to, I assume, be huge tie-ins to the originals. They're going to port over, you know, the best parts of both games, and 
and make it better. And so it's going to try to draw in a, a wider audience, a more contemporary audience, um, and really make it a new thing while honoring its past. Um, so I'm excited about that. I mean, I, I, this is a game that I've always liked, but I've never really been able to find my way into it. So um, I'm looking forward to to giving this one a shot. And this was, I, I think I mentioned this might have been one of the options last week where I was like, well, maybe they'll sort of do a new thing that's like, that's a little bit of both or something, you yeah. know, fairly new. And, um, and um, here it is. So I don't know, looking forward to it uh, more, right? More with the games. And it'll be great. Yeah. I don't play a lot of RPGs, but um, I would for this game for sure. Yeah, it's definitely a light RPG, right? I mean, Grant, you can kind of talk about that. Like, it's not. Right. It's, it's, it's not a like real Final time Fantasy. RPG. It's it's yeah. real time, but you're you're you have cooldowns to your moves and things like that. Yeah. Where you can do a saber throw, you can do a force choke, but yeah. it it will have a cooldown to it. And then you know, yeah. obviously, you'll have like force points you spend. But what was so fascinating in that game was the alignment system. Every choice you made. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. pushed you down either the, the light or the dark side path and it was i thought that that was i think my favorite feature of the game is that the more corrupted you got like your characters you know look different he'd look more like yeah he or she would look more zombified or um you know like kind of just uh, yellow eyes you'd look more sith as you as you went down the dark path and then obviously the light side path you could you had all these different force powers that you couldn't get in the dark side with the healing and you could do a healing build. You could do a force like siphon drain, like life drain build. You could. It was really fun to do the different. It was to develop your character. Yeah, that, that's got to be a core competent or a core yeah. you know feature of this. I mean, that, that's the differentiator for this game. So and it's smart because it forces you to play through it twice. I know I did. I mean, I played through it more than twice, but I literally finished it light side, and then just restarted the game. And I'm like going full dark side this yeah. time through, right? Like and. You know, that's something I thought we would see in, in Jedi Fallen Order, but they yeah. decided to do that a little more on Rails, which I think part of it is they they really, from the start, said this is a canon story, so you can't really have a lot of choice if the story's canon, right? It has to have a set beginning and end point. That's fascinating you bring up canon, because with all this backing for this remake of the game, you know, planets like Korriban and like the Valley of the Sith, is that now canon? Like, yeah. is, with, with official they, backing from Lucasfilm, is Korriban now the, the, the you know, so in the, on Wikipedia, it is considered it. It just was renamed Moribon at some point. Yeah. And like, <laughs> that's what's canon, right? Like, it was, yeah. Korriban, but now it's Moribon. Now it's Moribon for some reason. Yeah, because it just was yeah. reasons. That's interesting. Know, time. Yeah. 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 So know, they just similar, like, like, you know, somehow Darth Sidious returned, somehow. You know, Korriban became more about. Yeah, I, I mean, it's an interesting idea because it was conscious. It was a conscious choice. I think of Filoni was the one who renamed it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in uh, Rebels, yeah. Clone Wars. I don't know both. Uh, I think I saw it in Clone Wars first. Yeah. All right, Clone Wars. So I believe. Yeah, it was a conscious decision of him to do that. So I, curious. I, but here we I are. Would, it's another I little wager, wrinkle. I would wager that Korriban will also exist in the canon galaxy after. I think uh, this remake and uh, some new shows, you know, uh, showcase the, the the history of the Sith. You know, like if, once we see the history of the Sith, I, I I don't think you can go without the kind of Korriban, the desert on Korriban and the, the Valley of the Sith and the temples and the pyramids and things like that. Like that felt so iconic and, and so Sith in a way um, uh, that the kind of Jedi temples, you know, in lush, you know, green environments felt felt different it felt it felt very jedi it was it was i thought it was a nice uh, dichotomy yeah. there and yeah I mean, 
I think they should have both. And in fact, it would make a great episode or a thing that like I mean, showed the change of the name. It was like Darth Moribon or something was like, nope, I'm changing the name of this planet. And then it just like it actually took because they had so much power. Yeah. I mean, from I from canon, canon, from canon, here's the list right now. I mean, again, you can always retcon things, but Moribond, known as Korriban in ancient times, was the homeworld of the Sith. It once had a fertile habitat, much like uh, Exegol, Zeost, and Azog, uh, though the worlds fell to the dominion of the Sith. And Moribond was left as an abandoned wasteland after the many wars. Give me more dominion of the Sith, please. Mm-hmm. I want to see that. I want to see Sith ruling the galaxy, like an army of Sith. I can see the, the acolyte going into the, the cataclysm on Moribond or the history of the Sith and some Valley of the Sith, you know, Korriban stuff. I can see that show possibly getting into so, either of those. I, I hope it at least leads to it, you know? Yeah. Do you, what do you think? Better chance of seeing uh, Moribond or Exegol in the acolyte? Moribond. Yeah. You might even get Korriban. I like Exegol, but what's there aside from Palpatine's cloning like lab? I don't know what's what's even on that planet. I, mean, I don't know either. I mean, if that book, um, the like nighttime stories or tales from the dark side or whatever, is oh, right, any the throne true. of the Sith. The throne of the Sith is there, and that's yeah ancient. So that's and that's the yeah. Sith eternal. So it must date back to. The but Sith. even in that story, it was really just like an early cloning clone. You know processing center for eternal life for sith lords to go to yeah but yeah i mean if it was the throne of the sith i mean that would be pretty cool see exegol in its prime yep well is there a ship construction yard beneath the crust of the planet because we see all those star destroyers just rise out of the planet like what's in there you know yeah i thought it was like ice or something like they built them underwater or something Uh, yeah i have no idea that would be that would be cool. That'd be cool because they really didn't give us much to go on. We saw in the comics they had some mountains and stuff, which we didn't see at all in the movie. It was right. just wasteland with a, you know, monolith. But uh, um Yeah, let's check back, that out. Back back to Kotor. I loved the planet Manon. Like I mm-hmm. that, I think that was my favorite planet in the game. I would just spend hours standing around the uh the um spaceport there. Uh just I don't know, just doing nothing, essentially, just talking to civilians standing around and yeah. love the atmosphere of that planet to see that planet be remade with a new new engine uh that would be that'd be astounding. cool yeah absolutely well hopefully we'll get uh more action like that um other news uh we have another casting report for the obi-wan series uh this time it is maya erskine uh best known as the co-star and co-creator of the brilliant Hulu comedy Pen15. Um, I think it's targeted more towards teens, the show. But have you heard of Pen15, either of you? Or my I, I have. <laughs> I used to write Pen15 on a piece of paper. Yes, and that's to the, the schoolmate yeah. next door. Everyone at home, write, write Pen15 down and look at it, and you'll get the joke. Um... Oh, look at that. Okay. <laughs> yes, yeah. 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 yeah um, so I have heard about this show from a lot of comedy folks that I trust, and it's been a show I've been meaning to watch for quite a while because I've heard nothing but wa- rave things about it. It's supposed to be really great. Um, and so from someone who hasn't seen it, 
but I seem to have the most familiarity with it on this podcast. I will say what I realized is that these two uh, women, the co-creators, um, basically play themselves as teenagers in a high school, but all the other actors are actually teenagers, if that makes sense. <laughs> um, so, but they, in, in the reality of the show, they're actually teenagers. They're just playing themselves, but apparently it works really well. Um, and it's supposed to be really funny and brilliant. So that's interesting because not to say that, you know, actors can't have a range, um, but we've seen Kumail Nanjiani, uh, yeah. Being cast, who again can act serious when he calls for it. But we've had these are a couple of funny people being cast in this show, which is interesting, right? And I will always argue that Obi Wan is one of the funniest characters in Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. Kumail uh, Nanjiani, Indira Varma, Rupert Friend, O'Shea Jackson, Sung Kang, uh, and uh, Benny Safdie. Mm-hmm. Uh, so far, so super diverse casts. Another, um, well, yeah, yeah, it kind of feels late to the game ad, but I guess they're still soldiering on. Um, but yeah, rumors are she could be in like up to three episodes. So, um, yeah, yeah, cool. I, I, I'm I'm thinking we might stay on Tatooine in this show. Um, oh, I hope so, because I know we're getting Joel Ed- Edgerton back for Owen Lars, and um, yeah. And, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Baru is back as well. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I'm thinking we might hang out at the Lars Homestead or just go to Mos Eisley. And these, these, I think all these actors that are being announced, I think these, these, I think these could be characters in Mos Eisley. Like, you know, like the, they, which could be fascinating, right? And then we yeah. could get a lot of comedy. We could all get a lot of going to what Adam said about Obi Wan and uh, his humor. I mean, like, we could get a lot of comedy out of him just bumbling around Mos Eisley, talking to people. Um, being a not not a sword for hire, but just uh, kind of ranger, uh, keeping people safe. Mm-hmm. Um, I could see that. Yeah, I, w- I I could see all of these characters fitting in on Tatooine perfectly, um, and it would be a really fun, interesting cast if, if they made it really like localized. I do hold by my theory that we're going to see Obi Wan go off planet in this, but. Uh, because that would be a really fun adventure. But if half the season, more than half the season's on Tatooine, I'd be super pleased with that as well. If we, I, Ben, I think you're onto something. I mean, so I know in old EU, uh, George had always said that Obi-Wan had one last adventure, right? They, he had mentioned that numerous times. I think it was told in the, in was it maybe the Kenobi story? But they, he had mentioned that, on a, a few occasions that Obi-Wan at one point had one last adventure that hasn't been told yet. And then oh. it mentioned him going off, off planet, um, off the Google to try to confirm that. But I remember him mentioning that numerous times. So I wonder if they're trying to like, you know, they're, they're honoring George and a lot of these, these things. And I wonder if part of this is, this is telling Obi-Wan's last great adventure before, you know, between episode three and four. Yeah. I mean, it'd be great if George informed this, this piece. Um, yeah, that would be. I mean, that's. It would be fun to see another you know, more planets in the show. Obviously, see Obi Wan travel. Um, but there, I think there's there's a lot of potential with Tatooine, an untapped potential. In that, I don't think we've seen like a Star Destroyer harass Tatooine, and it, the, the whole show could be a Star Destroyer just coming in Atmo and just harassing the citizens of Tatooine, and and them not taking kindly to it. I mean, like that's. For yeah. ground for long form storytelling where you can do so much, you could do seasons and seasons of that. Yeah, 
We have a rumor about George working on Andor, right? That was the one where we say he was given a writer's Yeah. Be interesting if he dabbled in a couple of these, you know, did an episode in Andor, did an episode in um, Kenobi. That'd be pretty fun. Everything I'm hearing about Andor, it just sounds like high art. Like, I'm excited for this show. I'm, I think it might be my most anticipated Star Wars show at this point. Although Book of Boba looks incredible. I know it will be. It's going to be a incredible, breathtaking man. series. I yeah, Andor is really high on my list. I, I yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It <laughs> the reverse is it might be the lowest on my list, and I don't know why. Now, granted, like lowest means something. I'm still really, really excited to watch. Yeah, I'm. I, I have bated breath when it comes to Andor. I you know I, I'm not letting my hopes get up because on their face, so many other uh, series seem to be. Uh, so much, so much more engaging. Like we know where Andor is headed, um, but it, they, there's a lot of room there for them to do some great stuff. So I'm uh, hoping to be surprised and yeah. delight. Yeah, that's fair. We kind of know where his story ends. Yeah, true. Cool. Let's uh, move on to the comics. Welcome to another edition of Kyber Crystal Comics Corner. Uh, we have. Uh, Bounty Hunters 11, The Great Hunt of Malastare, an Afro 9. Um, and so in this edition of Bounty Hunters, done by Sax, Villanelli, Prianto, and Lanham, um, a cornucopia of all-stars uh, making this thing. And so my summary for this is Valance, Dengar, Bosk, oh my. <laughs> <laughs> That's about right. Yeah, yeah that, is, right. that is better than... Valance and anyway. Dengar make amends. Meanwhile, a new contestant enters the Great Hunt of Malastar. Yeah. That's yeah. So uh, yeah. The return quarters, of Bosk is huge for me. Yeah. I don't three know about this episode is Bosk in his I, helm. Yes. <laughs> uh honest to God, like the the middle part of this whole thing where you just cut away to like what's happening on Malastar. Like more of that, please. Like just it, the the the, yeah. the comic's called Bounty Hunters. Let's explore some other bounty hunters and the boss some stuff. Bounty hunters hunting bounties. Yeah, the boss stuff was great. I mean, we get a Bib Fortuna cameo. Yeah. By the way, is this the first time we've seen Bib Fortuna in something after knowing the end of Bib Fortuna? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Sure. It was yeah. weird. And working yeah. off world away from Jabba, I thought he was like right hand man. I thought he was yeah. never left the palace. Oh, yeah, never left the palace. I thought he was trapped there. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he's white. Uh, he never sees the sun. Yeah. True. Um, but in this, he's on Malastar, and he's uh, he's also a uh, uh, I guess a profiteer off the Great Hunt, right? I guess he's betting on it, or there's a wager or something, uh, and he has his his. Um, chosen um fighters uh in there and i mean we know bosk is under his employ i think at the end of yes this. by the end we do yeah by the end you, you realize that's it's the beginning i, I thought yeah i thought <laughs> bosk was like imprisoned i thought he was on like a prison planet at first and then i was like then they reveal the hunt and i was like huh i'm like seems like there was gross oversight to put bosk with a bunch of plebs um He's he's OP for that hunt. But uh, yeah, I mean, this is what I wanted this whole series to be was yeah. like what the the great hunt of Malastare um, with him, you know, with our bounty hunters in their element, just like kicking butt and taking that would be an incredible event series to slow down 
and do a Hunger Games type story. Yeah. Like, with right. All of the bounty hunters you know, you know, that would be fun. Yeah. Um, but this, this is, I mean, you get that in this issue to an extent. Yeah. 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 It, I mean, we get Den- Dengar and, you know, a little bit. I, I, I didn't, you know, the Valance and Dengar stuff, though we got the sort of like Carl Weathers, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, like, bro like yeah. handshake at the in the you know <laughs> thing in the middle of it which is okay Dylan. yeah like they're trying their best to make like dengar seem tough and formidable um which is cool because you know my guy dengar needs his his time and place yeah. um and then they there's a lot of flirting with boba fett for some reason um i wish i could like recap the summary of the plot of this and why all the players are doing what they're doing, but I can't, I'm sorry. I can't. Well, so I don't they, know what the, what the great hunt, what the goal of the great hunt is. It's never really clear to me. It's, are they just well, supposed to, to, to survive? It was, it was extortion, right? So like Bib Fortuna was playing the, the Munalist guy there who's at the hunt, who like had a contract in the huts wanted the contract that they had. You mean Exum Germit? Yes, I do mean it. <laughs> Thank you. And great Doug, name, by the way. Yeah. Top five yeah. name. <laughs> pretty good name. Got yeah. the Doug brothers in there too, which is pretty <laughs> great. Yes, how cool was it to see oh, a couple yeah. Dugs? That was so great. All right. Dugs so we've Dugs. had some we've had some fun here. Do you want the cynical reason why we had the hunt on the great hunt happening? Yes. Sure. I so we're so we're currently, and this is gonna come up again when we talk about Dr. Afra. We're currently in a position where the authors are moving chess pieces on a chessboard because coming in a couple of months we have the war of the bounty hunters so we have to have all these issues line up to be in a certain position so that the story is told in a logical way so my behind the scenes theory is that they got sacks and they said this is great i see what you're doing here but you have two issues before the starts can you split this up into two issues so just have this Dengar. So he's like, okay, yeah, yeah. I can have Dengar and Valance talk a little bit, move some stuff around, and I'll just tell this amazing story in the middle of something, right? Like, like yeah. if it just really felt to this. And I love that we're going to get this giant crossover series. It also reminded me of what it felt like to be a Marvel reader from 1995 to <laughs> today, which is like you get like three issues of like moving plot forward, and then we're having this great crossover event. Right now we're dealing with King and Black, which is the giant Venom story on Marvel. Yeah. I will save my reviews for a different <laughs> podcast. I'm sure I, I you think, can tell I, I love it. We're, I think we're very like-minded about a certain <laughs> devotion to Null and uh, uh, Null. And the Black. You're uh, going to name your bad guy Null? Because the whole thing's Null and Void. Anyway, so... <laughs> <laughs> no, the whole purpose of this comic was to show a DeWooten fighting in the Hunger Games. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. So, so my point is, like, I, I'm excited for the crossover, but, like, sometimes this happens. Like, that your main run stuff gets derailed to try to line all your chess pieces up so they can do their thing. But, like, I, you know, I, ironically or coincidentally or incidentally, yeah. um, that was the best part of 100%. this whole series so far. It was, like, yeah. it was Bosk. You know, it was, like, I mean, every, like, every week we're, like, just show me more Bosk, please, being just... Bosky. And Bosk it's, like, he got bested by Valance, and I'm just, like, nah, no. Yeah, wait, so didn't balance and bosk just clash and then yes. the, i think what this what this issue does is kind of show how fearsome bosk is i'm like i'm like balance just just sent bosk butt. to the hospital and it's yeah, like yeah. i don't 
why why does this matter at all? Yeah, Bosk is actually pretty vulnerable. He's just kind of slippery, you know. It was like he got his butt saved in this episode a couple times by some randos. And he was like, he shook it off, like, don't ever get in between me and my prey, whatever. But it's like, nah, dude, you're going down. Like, like I mean, you mentioned the DeWooten, which I was yeah. trying to find the name. of, Like, coolest species, I think, that was created in the sequel era. Um, yeah, me too. I, I Yeah, I'm starting to think that as well. Yeah. It's really uh, fun species. Totally. Really, yeah, or, or population. Um, they're, they're the ones that are gigantic with the two horns on their chin. Um, you see one that's like looks like a chaise lounge, and there's like um that like infiltrator. Yeah, they're amazing. Yeah. Um, like sort of lounging in his lap, but it's like his he himself is a couch. Um, yeah, cool. I mean, it was great to see him in live action, first of all, but then yeah. like to see like Boss go against Dawood and like he was like usually Bosk is the strongest guy in the ring, but um Dawoodens are twice their size, so that was really cool. Um yeah, I mean, but and then they've like they're obviously tying in Boba Fett as well. It was like really sort of she, like I was like, oh, and she like won. now all of a sudden, yeah, yeah. So Valance needs to get his like bounty hunter guild badge back suddenly reasons because he's looking for Han Solo and he can't do that without his his like guild membership. That I think that's where they were sending us here. And Dengar's yes. like, I can do that for you, but first we need yada yada about Boba Boba Fett, and I was like. Gotcha, Boba Fett. Cool. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I guess Boba Fett's policing for the guild or something. Uh, it, the the plot's very vague, but bottom line it, is we're gonna get more Fett. It sounds awesome. like as we go forward, yeah. we're also going back because if you there's a little blurb at the end of this comic that's uh, on the, the the cover when you see the the preview of the cover of the, for the next issue. Uh, there's a little blurb and it says uh, not only are they going on the the hunt of uh, Hunt of the Bounty Hunters is starting. The event series is starting, but also it's going to showcase a story that takes place in the past where it sounds like Valance is hunting Han Solo. Very kind of like, mm. did, did you get that sense that they're also going to see a flashback of, of Valance hunting yeah. Han? Yeah, it says right there, it says, uh, plus a desperate younger Valance takes a dangerous job. The target, Han Solo, exclamation. Okay. So we are going to get, this is the War of the Bounty Hunters prelude. So once again, I'm sorry. This is 30 years of getting burned by comic book crossovers. We're going to get a flashback episode because we can't move the plot forward yet. Right. Right. Because the whole thing is centering on Han Solo. I hate myself. In Carbonite. Right. Like they're all, we're all trying to find Harden Solo and Carbonite and everything's yeah. headed back towards the yeah. hut. So maybe that's the tie in with Good Fortuna. Yeah. And, because, you know, we're going to get some of that, but we're going to get a lot of background. Yeah, I think the story we're going to get is, which is a weird to say, like, I guess it's not weird considering Star Wars, but I think the story we're going to get eventually is like basically how Han, Frozen and Carbonite got dropped off to Bob to to a job of the hut. Right. Like, that's going to yeah, be the story. Right. And it's going to be everyone chasing down Boba Fett. Yeah. Yeah. We'll but have, Char Charles Sewell will be writing that, too. Yes. Which I am very excited creating about. Creating the connective tissue, which he does so well. When yeah. It's going to be great. His Star Wars main run, it, it it the scenes feel like it's like you're watching the original trilogy again. I yeah. mean, just how, how the scenes um, uh, juxt are juxtaposed against the the events we know well. Well, speaking of that, so like, does this mean that the um, the Battle of the Bounty Hunters or the War of the Bounty Hunters is going to jut right up against Return of the Jedi? No, because I think there's quite a bit of time after Han gets dropped off at. Jabba's before they start the plan. 
Really? Because I felt like we didn't we see him get dropped off in Return of the Jedi? No. No. Oh, it's my favorite, my favorite ornament. Right. Ornament, yeah. So it's been there a minute. Okay. Yeah. It's unclear, right? It's unclear whether it happened two years ago or two days ago. So right. they have a lot of wiggle room. All right. Yeah. Oh, I, but we also know the end of this comic, right? The end of this comic is it's got to be Jabba just, Jabba just emerging out of the shadows and taking possession yes. of Han, like a, the, yeah. the, the carbon. I got so excited in this issue where they had someone speaking off screen and it said translated from Hatties. And I'm like, is it yeah. Jabba? I was so excited. And it was Bib Fortuna, which I think exactly yeah. what they were going for. I'm like, ah, oh, it's Bib. It's Bib. Yeah. Uh, that that single issue from the Age of Rebellion series, uh, the job, uh, yeah, issue. yeah, Ooh, that was good. That That's was the high heat, best piece of work heat. to show Jabba's brilliance. I think it actually it actually yeah. did so much work to explain why he's not just this spice addled crime lord, and he actually yeah. is pretty. He, he's playing four dimensional chess, and everyone yeah. else, all the other bounty hunters and crime syndicates, are playing checkers. This actually reading this, it made me feel like I'd love to see more interplay. Like, I want to see the hierarchy laid out plain for me in the of the crime syndicates. Yes. Because yeah. they're just like, yeah, you know, like the huts are battling for supremacy and you're going to have to go. Because, like, OK, like show me why the huts are the most dominant crime cartel and where does everyone else fall into play? Like, just I don't know. Give me something like it could be its own series, you know, like that just sort of like lays us out. I even thought there would be a good political intrigue story or series there somewhere with like the Munalists and like the corporations of um, of the the galaxy fighting right. each other yeah. in their in world like fights and how, who's doing on, you know, um you know, shady stuff. And right. Um, well, that would be fun to do a Munalist like power dealer verse. Jabba, like two very, you know, yeah. uh, cerebral kind of crime lord figures going up against each other. Yeah. Um, especially if Exum Germit dies here, like I'm sure there's repercussions. Oh, he's like, he dead. It's like the Iron Bank. Uh, it's like yeah. they're going to they're going to, you know, they're going to send assassins. Mm. It's also but, pretty yeah. fun to see that see a Munalist like garb for war, right? Like we don't normally yeah. like we have the only one we saw was uh from episode 2 in episode 2, right? And I can't think yeah. of his name. But the head of the banking clan. Yeah, totally different flavor. Right. Yeah. Sort of like sniveling accountant. But this is more like warlord munalist where I was like, it looks kind of like a munalist, but they needed to say it on on a, a frame to, for me to really get it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah look, I mean, you I look like you look like a morph from exiles. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, is this a grant? Thank you so much. <laughs> and I mean that because I was reading that earlier today and I'm like, what does this character look like? What does this character look like? Yeah. And that's exactly what was in my head because it was not a Star Wars character. It was a Marvel character. So you hit it on its head. Uh, oh, that makes me so happy. Let me look right now. Yeah. It's yeah, it totally like does. German looks like. Yeah. yeah. And Ben's still... like, what are you talking about? Yeah, totally. <laughs> Let's uh, exile, <laughs> exiles, uh, yeah. time traveling, interdimensional, you know, X-Men team. Yeah. I okay, had uh, I had uh, two copies of every issue for a while. <laughs> nice. Until I sold it, and it uh, actually got me a pretty penny. It's one of those few things that people were sleeping on, and I got a few copies of it. Nice. Great, great nice. character. Yeah. I, I was just thinking about how I want to see Michael Clayton, but like in the Star Wars <laughs> like galaxy universe. Yeah. No. Yes. I. I um, count me in. I'm here for that. 
or none. Uh, why don't we uh, move on to Afro 9? All right. Uh, so this one's called The Engine Job Part 4 Impossibilities uh, by Wang, Young, Ozaba, Rosenberg, Karamanga, and Swabe. Swabe. Uh, all right. Afra and Staros escape the Unbroken Clan and pose as interns in order to sneak a peek at what turns out to be the Derietz fake hyperdrive engine, only to run into the Unbroken Clan once again. Uh, oh, yeah. Have I mentioned that covers lie? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Covers yeah. What was the What was the last cover? This cover showed if oh. Afra and Sana fall, the galaxy falls with them and shows a dead or dying Sana Staros yeah. in the arms of uh, Afra. And oh, right. It, That's resolved in the first few pages. Yeah. Where just like a, yeah. she got. She's like, a, oh, it's just a, just a scratch. Just a scratch. Just a flesh wound. <laughs> just a flesh wound. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They just sort of like swooped out of there. And actually, it was kind of cool. They like. Like yeah. their exit from that, like, you know, stony tomb was just like straight out of um, Uncharted. Like they were like, you could see they like oh, totally. went up some yeah. stone steps and followed like some random wooden planks that were attached <laughs> to the wall 50 feet up. And like it was it was very video gamey. Their escape. The temple groundskeepers are just like, we have to leave these planks here for yeah. reasons. People thousands of years from now. Right. Um, I like this issue. I mean, it's yeah. it feels like it is kind of a synergistic tie-in to the High Republic books, and it's just trying to serve that function more than you know dive into uh, Afra and Sana's relationship, which I just yeah. wanted more of. I was like, but as, as they do those moments of just them bickering and running around and, and undercover and things like that, like I, I just wanted more of that. I almost just I love the character work that uh, Alyssa Wong's doing in this issue in these issues, yeah. which which I think is it's my favorite part of, of these, this yeah. run is the, the character work. Like I really like, um, yeah, she writes Afra really well. I, and talking about synergy, I think it is also, I mean, we know it's eventually tying in, but I feel like the reason why we're seeing the unbroken clan again here, like we saw in bounty hunters is because we're going to see this all playing into the war of the bounty hunters. Yeah. Yeah. It's all yeah. a tie in after the empire strikes back. But, um, yeah. Uh, it's cool to see the path engine stuff. It's cool that they eventually, I think at one point they jump on a computer, uh, and they, they look at like image images of other high Republic artifacts for it. And now that was a cool scene. Yeah. Um, uh, interesting to you to see the, the competitions between the corporations like the tag corp, uh, lady Domina and bale derivate and the Derivate mm -hmm. shipyards and construction yeah. ship construction and how they're you're fighting over this path engine technology and and I think we learned in this issue that most of the path engine technology that's recovered here or rebuilt is 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 fake it, it won't yeah. work like it's yeah yeah it's the it's the Derivate or Derivate I haven't quite figured out how to say that one yeah, yet Derivate yeah. right. have um yeah they he's basically Bale is just basically or Bale is just basically faking the whole thing just to get money, right? Just to have, yeah. yeah. The contract with the Empire, which was cool. It was a cool story. In the yeah. Program. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I'm actually, I'm warming up more to uh, Vukora of the Unbroken Clan. She's like a ruthless killer. She pretty much just kills everyone she sees. And that's kind of new for yeah. Star Wars. Like it's, you know, they're making her into a real villain. Um, and it's giving some clout to Unbroken Clan. 
because uh, they I, haven't really been given much no. time as far as what's going on. It's just been Fukuro getting foiled over and over and over again. Uh, but I, I think the last couple episodes, like I love that they went back to the bar and saw all the like dead people and like they're like you know the the dead bartender and they're like yeah. Sana seemed like she was honestly grieving over that, which well, I'm glad to see because it was like it was a ruthless moment where they like waste the whole bar yeah. um, on the way to that you know their their hunt there and um, I'm glad they went back and and checked that out. That was pretty cool. Yeah, I definitely I like. I, I agree. I think they've been doing some good things with the Unbroken Clan. I think I like this. They definitely feel like a good big bad, right? Like they seem yeah. scary and dangerous. My only thing has always been the character design, which I bump up against. And I and that's just right. me. I don't know why. I can't explain it. It's not even something like and I always feel like if it's something I can't put into words, it's something that is unfair. <laughs> Does that make right. sense? Like it's not it's not something that's wrong. It's something that's wrong in my brain. Right. And well, I can't I mean, not necessarily. I, I get it. But so I think I have an answer for you, Adam. All right. Um, if you look at Vukora's like shoulder pauldrons, you'll okay. see they're like they have the spikes. They're sort of like yeah. the Batman spikes uh, from uh, the, the mountain there. So imagine the helmet it looks the same. It's made like the same thing with the spikes, except it just mm -hmm. for some reason is wrapped in swaddled in bandages and stuff mm -hmm. around it. So it's a spiky affair, but for whatever reason, she decided to mute the. the yeah, maybe she just reminds me of Dengar. <laughs> She's got a little Dengar energy. Yeah, to me, to me, it's like the Batman mask. But it's the face mask. Two ears. It's the face. It's two ears. It's, just, it's, it's ba Batman weird. with weird. Right, but she's really got like Sith spikes all over her head, but it's kind of being wrapped up. But it's not really her head. It's a helmet. I don't know why you wrap a helmet. But that, that's what she's that's what she's doing there. It's something I want to make clear, like because I, I always feel bad going, you know, hard on the artwork because, I you know, um, Young is doing a, a wonderful job. The the comic looks great and the character design is great. It's just this one character, which, by the way, was not introduced in this series. It was introduced to Bounty Hunters. So right. Young is a little bit forced to right. do that. But I, it just it doesn't feel Star Wars to me. However, I'm going to let it go. Because I like the character, like I like what they're doing with the character, and yeah, I like yeah. the Unbroken Clan, so I can let that go. I can't let that go, but I'll try to let that go. <laughs> You'll never let that go, Adam. Yeah, but I, I don't need to. We don't need to renegotiate. We don't need to go over it again and again. Um, what's going on with I, Just Lucky? Yeah, uh, yeah, Just Lucky and the Club Lazzle. We go to Club Lazzle on Candlebite. Yeah, let's yeah, go to Club Lazzle. We're all vaccinated. Let's go to Club Lazzle. <laughs> Oh, uh, it looks fun. It's got that it's a neon drenched club, uh, which was cool. Because have we seen a nightclub in Star Wars? Uh, episode huh? two, baby, Attack of the Clones. Oh, oh yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. like a that's a sports bar. bar. That's a hundred percent a sports bar. Because they have like you're ten, right. they have like ten <laughs> screens. But but it is the you're closest right, right, thing. Sports bar. But there's definitely a lot of drinking. There's some low lighting. No, we have not seen a nightclub. Like the closest thing. Is like Drayden Voss's, Drayden Voss's, but that's yeah. like soiree. That's just like, soiree that's though. That's not. You're right. It's not yeah, like, like yeah, because they have like a jazz like bebop singer or like scat singer. Yeah, you know, yeah. yeah I right. will no. say, it's probably my one of my favorite ship designs. Um, Dryden Voss's yacht. Oh, it's like that. vertical yacht. Oh, so great. I really like Jason. That, you need uh, to watch Solo. <laughs> Yeah, yeah Jason, Jason get on that. come on, watch Solo, bro. Uh, 
it would be fun. I mean, I've been dying to go to some of the seedier corners of the galaxy in live action. And, you know, Mando does that uh, to an extent with the uh, season two where we go to that, the, the, we go to the planet where they're doing the, the underground uh, boxing fighting. fighting. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you don't get a club there. Like it would be nice to see some nightlife in like Narshada or something like yeah. that. One of these planets that's this, it's this this grimy backwater, you know, um, criminal infested world. You know, that'd be that'd be fun. Yeah. That'd be fun territory. So, I think it's, it's just of... like it, it's hard to do. I think it's got to be very. It's like a very nuanced thing. I was trying to think. Um, they did it in a certain point of view. They did a nightclub off hours. <laughs> it was like. You know, when the bartender's like scrubbing the tables and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you're right, like never in full swing. And I mean, that's one of the reasons I like the Cano Bite scene was like you saw a elative place yeah. where elites yeah, yeah. doing their elite soiree. This is what upper class, you know, uh, galaxy looks like. Um, you know, you, you don't really get that in, a, in any of Star Wars. So it was really cool. I thought they did that. But it was a casino, right? Like, let's see a nightclub. Let's see a dance club. But it's like, you don't want to dip into, like, Matrix territory. You want to, like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's a, I feel like it'll take a, a deft hand to do it, right? Yeah, absolutely. And it's it funny. It needs, I like, George if... Lucas to do it. Yeah, yeah. Would be the <laughs> he needs to be on set. Scene. Yeah. Yeah, real deft hand. Um, So is part of the reason <laughs> Something why... like Size Noodle. Can Size Noodle be involved? Yeah. See, that's my thought is, like, do, have we not seen it because... Think about the first the first thing where we are introduced to is the cantina, which is not a nightclub, but it's a a bar with a band. Right. And so I wonder if people have been afraid to do it because it felt like you're trying to do the cantina again, because like I just it's to me, I'm almost like, why haven't we seen a nightclub in (laughs) in Star Wars? Because it's like you, you don't want you don't want a direct analog to a Earth nightclub. Yeah. Like, I mean. The cantina is a dive bar, but it's different, right? Like yeah. It's got the bar, but it's got the weird jazz band in the corner too. Which yeah. is like, is it what? Like, is it a Harlem knockoff? Like, I, I, I don't know. Like, it, it, it's kind of but, a different thing. You'd never see a live band in a local bar unless it's like an Irish bar, I guess. You know, you'd get some people playing, but um, I don't know. It's different. It's it's far enough away from like an earthly thing that it's cool. So like. What would a nightclub have? Would it have a live band? Like, would it, you know, have a some sort of creature or, you know, being that is musical itself making noise that's also making the light show and also making the noise simultaneously? And that's why it's an, like it, it needs to it needs another level of. Treatment. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, this is, looks like an upscale nightclub in Canto Bight, which is really cool. Because I was like, oh, I, 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 for me, I liked all the Canto Bight stuff in the Last Jedi, and I, I, I would have liked more. You know, if you if we did more storytelling there, I wouldn't. It would have been cool. Like I, I'm into it. It's a cool location. So uh, let's go there again, maybe in another yeah, the, Disney Plus series. Yeah, the Canto Bight book was great. I recommend it to anyone. Speaking of Canto Bite and uh, other things, what's interesting is we may have actually gotten close to this with Galaxy's Edge, which is weird. Like the closest thing we might have gotten to a nightclub is actually in real life fake Star Wars because like, um, what was it called? Um, Oga's Cantina, right, has a DJ. Oh, right. That's right. Okay. Yeah. But so the Art of Galaxy's Edge book is coming out 
I think next week or maybe the week after. And they showed concept art for things that didn't happen, which is like, I already have this book coming and it makes me angry because I, a, I haven't been to galaxy's edge and B now you're going to show me the things that could have been that weren't. <laughs> but one of the things is a table service restaurant called the Calicori club. And apparently it was supposed to be, and this is just from uh, various sources, a converted two level bathhouse. Uh, it's almost supposed to be a speakeasy. And it was like a blue Twilight person was to be the owner and chain restaurant. Basically, it was a spice den, spice denge lounge, spice den Ooh. lounge, would have featured a two story aquarium with kelp visible on top that was real to be a sea monster at the bottom. Nice, super cool. Wow. Spice yeah. den. Could have had a spice den. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be great. That would go over great with the five year olds. That's for sure. <laughs> well, I yeah. was gonna like it see why be... they probably didn't go with it. <laughs> I know, but it'd be fun if they actually like did like. I don't know, after hours, like at 8 or yeah. 9 p.m. or something, it was like yeah. they let only adults into Galaxy's Edge and it had like a different feel. Yeah. Um, that'd be, I mean, I'd be there, like I'd spend a whole, you know, I'd spend 12 hours there, you know? Yep. I would buy $20 drinks all night long. They would yeah. make a lot of money off me. Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting because if you asked me what I would do with a Star Wars theme park, I would probably do something more in line with like solo in the solo verse. Cause I think like Han and Lando get up to the, the most fun at different, at the different locations yeah. they go to. And I right. think I, I would want to experience some of the stuff that they do. And I could see them going to nightclubs. I mean, if we got a solo two, I could for sure see them good doing, you know, what? going to nightclubs, getting involved with Jabba, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Maybe we'll see it in the Lando series. Again, so. I'm like I'm really for Lando being the main character and Han Solo being the sidekick in that. Um, in that uh, which is what the trilogy should have been, right? We had talked about this. Should have been uh, a Han, a Lando, and then maybe a Boba Fett. But we're getting our Boba Fett somewhere else. Yeah, which is maybe great. Chewbacca, Chewie. Oh man, yes please. Ch Chewbacca series that'd be so great. There's like no English in the whole series. Yeah, it'd be like the first All half subtitles. of the uh, holiday special, which is just that, you know, no subtitles. No, no, no. no full no. immersion. Full immersion. Full immersion. Figure it out by content. Now, now, I just want the Groot and Chewie crossover now. <laughs> I'd pay I'd pay money to see that. <laughs> well, I mean, they. I mean, James Gunn I, I just are. finished the, the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, so <laughs> who knows? Yeah, great tweet from... Um, from luke skywalker um yeah. and also known as mark hamill uh saying i have a very bad feeling about this <laughs> <That's>, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah yeah um, anything else to say about this issue um, comics are fun comics are fun good time good time you did it um awesome thanks everyone for listening to us this week um next week uh the next thrawn book comes out so pick that up uh, we're going to be covering that in two weeks um, and we'll have other stuff next week. Uh, also, just to let you know, we're going to do a May the Force spe uh, special. So um, check us out on um, May the 4th uh, for, uh, you know, our coverage of that. It'll probably yeah. come out May the 5th, honestly, but it'll be at least a comprehensive uh, digestion of um, at least the, the first episode of um bad batch and yeah, which is like a mini movie right i think the first episode is like 70 minutes yeah. long or something yeah yeah 
We're going to have a lot of content for that. Yeah. Um, and Plus also, news. yeah, whatever news, there's going to be We're gonna get some news. Any, do you thought any, any chance we see if they drop any footage from anything? I think the only thing they could drop oh, right yeah. now is Book of Boba Fett. Do you think, or an Andor? Do you think maybe we get like a teaser? Yeah. Either I bet, of those? I bet we get a, uh, an Obi-Wan teaser. Oh, yeah. That'd be awesome. I bet, I bet we get an Andor trailer. Yeah. Oh, you Andor think we get like trailer. a full trailer? That'd be yeah. amazing. I bet you they've, they've been shooting that for a while now, I feel like. So, yeah. Yeah. They've got to have enough stuff to sort of at least give us the tenor of it. Um, yeah, that would be fun. So there's going to be great stuff on May the 4th, but um, that's a couple weeks away. Next week, who knows? I don't know. We'll who come knows? Uh, till then, have an awesome week. Thanks very much for listening to us, and uh, may the force be with you. Always. This is Grex Kondak signing off. For the latest breaking news, follow at Core World News on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you, and good night. Remember... The force will be with you always. <laughs>